Create for No Reason is your weekly dose of courage to stop making excuses and start bringing your ideas to life. Hello, hello. I hope you are doing awesome. I hope you are out there creating something in the world, whatever it is. And I hope this podcast helps remind you of the creative process and reminds you that your work matters, that your voice matters, that whatever you have to share is, yes, potentially just meant for you, but it could be the exact, exact thing that somebody else needs at the exact time that they need it. So whatever you're working on, whatever project that is exciting for you, keep going, keep doing it. It's in your heart for a reason and don't forget it. I am so excited about this episode because speaking of creating and sharing your message, my guest Jasmine is a phenomenal speaker and that is what she does. She helps people to become professional speakers. She teaches an incredible framework to help you become a great speaker, get paid to speak, how to craft really incredible keynote presentations so that you can build your speaking career. I know a lot of people, that's their dream. They want to be on stages. They want to inspire and help people get excited about their life or whatever topic they enjoy speaking on. And that is what Jasmine does. She's very strategic. I like this episode because she shares a lot of really great techniques for people. She has some frameworks that she uses as far as crafting presentations and uh, and also in writing her book. She used the same frameworks, which is really cool. She talks about the three biggest mistakes that speakers make. She also talks about handling hecklers from the stage, which speakers don't always think about that. And it's something that we have to, you know, when we're speaking in front of an audience, you never know what the audience is going to do. And we have to be really prepared for that. So she shares a lot of really cool tips and techniques and strategies in this episode. So if you are interested in speaking, even if you're not wanting to be a professional speaker, maybe you just want to get on more stages to share your message and build your business that way. Um, you're going to love this episode. So enjoy. I'm so excited to introduce you to Jasmine Haley. She is a nationally awarded speaker, author, educator, and consultant dedicated to helping audiences understand that the time is now if they want to make an impact and serve their communities from the heart. She has spoken to and educated over 10 thousand audience members since she began her career in speaking and has impacted countless others through her podcast, educational programs, and consulting business. She is a sought-after speaker who delivers powerful results for her audiences and has been featured and worked with national healthcare media outlets such as American Dental Hygienist Association, Colgate, Crest, RDH Magazine, and so many more. And today, Jasmine shares her transformational message on stages and platforms around the country. Her inclusive message of bur on burnout, becoming legacy-driven, and how to create presentations that reach the heart have impacted the lives of her audience members and transformed the professionals she has coached into business growth and successful speaking careers. So I'm very excited to introduce you to my friend, Jasmine Haley. Jasmine's so happy to have you. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for this conversation. I've always loved your energy. I know this is going to be great. I can't wait. For that. <laughs> well, I love your energy too. I feel like you always have just this 
fierceness, this confidence, this powerful way about you, which obviously this is what you do for a living. So before we dive into this conversation, which is so important around communication and, and public speaking, how do you describe what you do? Mm, I, I help people build their legacy or scale their legacy through the power of their voice. I would, I think I can sum it up that way. So whether I am actually speaking and training people myself as a speaker, there's still an element of reclaiming someone's power, right? And going for what it is that you want. And it's the same exact thing for the work that I do um, in my consulting business. That's a beautiful summary. Like that's a, like ties it in a little bow. Like we get it. And one of the things that I love, so you you get on stages, you you teach people how to get on stage, and you have a very specific formula in which to do that. And it's all from the heart, mm-hmm. which I love. So can you talk about that? Because I think that in, in today's world, when it comes to social media, everyone has a message. Everyone has something that they're passionate about that they want to share. But how do you use this methodology that you've created to really make that impact in in your little piece of the universe? Yeah. So my proprietary process is called the heart methodology. And simply what I do is create structure around the way we communicate. So you're going to actually see a demonstration of that every time Kate asks me a question. All right. It's going to get straight to the point. I'm not going to be blowing a whole bunch of wind. I'm going to be looking (laughs) at ways to create a story, right? And then lead people to the transformation I want them to achieve. So when it comes to the heart methodology, what I found when I was going out there speaking and going to places like Kansas and Nebraska, growing up in New York City, Jamaica, Queens, right, as a person from the inner city going all the way out to these rural areas, I would speak about topics that were very difficult. But some way, somehow, at the conclusion of my presentations, spending three to six hours with individuals, people would come up to me, they would be hugging me, they would be crying, they would start following me and just deeply impacted by the work that I do. So the heart methodology is really getting down to the point of understanding what your story is, what your goals are, how can you get the audience to follow along with you? How can you reach their heart to cause them to create transformation? And studies have shown that if Harvard Business Review stated that if a speaker learns how to effectively communicate and share a story, that the brain patterns of the audience members would mimic those of the speaker. That is how powerful it is. So when you learn the heart methodology, you can certainly reach the hearts of the people that you speak to. And those are the most profitable speakers because they know how to engage and also send people on a journey. Mm. Oh, it's so true. I'm thinking as you're talking, I'm thinking about some of the speakers I've seen on stages and who are some of my favorites. And there's a reason why they're so good, right? Like we, you can, it's almost like you don't recognize a bad speaker. Well, you don't recognize like a phenomenal speaker until you kind of like, oh, these are, these other speakers, they just don't have it. There's something missing. They're not getting to the to the heart of it, as you would say. Mm-hmm. And then you you have somebody else come up on stage and immediately you're drawn to them. You're attracted to them. And it's usually because they're sharing a story. They're taking you on a journey. 
it's not, it's nothing new, right? It's the whole like Joseph Campbell, the hero's journey. You need to take them on a story. There's obviously tons of speakers in the world that get up on stages. Some of them are great. Some of them are phenomenal. Some of them are not so great. <laughs> what are like the top three mistakes you see speakers make? Mm, I would say the top three mistakes I see speakers make is number one, they make it about themselves, which mm. is part of the equation, but it's not everything. It is not everything. So what happens is when they make it about themselves, it leads to number two. They're talking to the audience rather than with them. And then the third is they don't have a clear goal. And when you go up and speak without their clear that clear goal, you have no direction. It's almost like typing in going somewhere, right? Going, say for instance, you decide to go to a different city or state you've never visited, but you don't actually type in an exact address into the GPS. Well, then how does the GPS know where to direct you? So that's exactly what's the missing piece in a lot of speakers is they don't have a real goal. It's just, I want to speak. I want to feel great. I want to feel that adrenaline rush. And then when they're finished, they are flabbergasted at the fact that they're not building recurring revenue with speaking. They are constantly doing free gigs. They're constantly being invited to summits. And then they're like, well, speaking isn't a viable option for me. It is if you know how to strategically understand how to impact individuals, but also make it in alignment with this is a goal of my speaking. And this is how it aligns with where I want to see myself go professionally. I work with people who only want to do speaking and training. Perfect. Great. I love it. Let's map it out. Right. And then there's those who have speaking as the top of their funnel of how they're going to find the clients that they're going to continue to do the consulting work that they may be doing or the coaching work that they may be doing or whatever they see fit. If they're, I have, I have a client who's a, who's a photographer, right. That utilizes speaking. So there are many ways in which we can grow whatever we see fit. That's the beauty of business. Right. Choose what feels aligned to us. I've chosen, I've chosen that I work 10 months out of the year, two months of my business. I am shut down. I am taking naps. I'm watching law and order. (laughs) When I come back, I'm training or I'm consulting. I'll do whatever I see fit. As long as I stay in alignment and it brings me joy. All right. That makes sense. Now, when people come to you, What are their biggest challenges when it comes to speaking? Mm, I think the biggest challenge is, is that I have powerful professionals. Okay. I'm talking like movers and shakers, people that every time you see them, right, you hear them speak. It's just, it stirs something in you. The issue is with all of that brain power, it is hard when you're so close to something that you care about to really look at your business with a bird's eye view and structure it where it makes sense, where it's working towards your goals. So my strategic thinking helps pull out in my curriculum background as an educator helps me pull out that expertise, structure their content, structure their signature talk, but also structure the business side. So they're not walking around willy nilly and wasting time as they are moving forward towards their goals. And 
that's the critical part that most people face, especially when it comes to speaking, is so many people heavily rely on Google or free groups. And what happens is they always hit the same roadblocks. It's the same reason why you see the same questions in these free groups. How do I get paid? Where do I find the paid speaking? (laughs) Right? And, And so my question to them, my pushback to them is, how effective are you as a presenter? Is your presentation even aligned with where you want to go in your business? Like, those are the questions you need to be asking because the the opportunities are out there, but what are you doing to create space to bring these opportunities in and then also maximize it when you have the ability to serve um, these audiences? How long do you think it takes someone to master a keynote or a phenomenal presentation? Mm, That's a good question. I think it depends. I think it depends. I think every person is different. So I started off my educational experience teaching. I would work with students in the clinical environment. Then I went into full-time teaching. And I remember my first lecture as a full-time educator. I had all of my slides printed out, (laughs) y'all. And I was holding it like this. Woo, God bless those students because it was a hot mess. But then when I went into professional speaking, I, there was still a feeling of needing that crutch of the notes and I was missing that heart factor. So I think for some people, it's always going to be a measure of fear that comes up in that situation. I think when we understand that we're actually having a conversation with individuals and we know what our talking points are and we strengthen our extemporaneous skills that no matter what shows up, just like that question, I would never expect anyone to ask me that question that you just asked, Kate. We can show up in a way that's still meaningful and that makes a difference when we when we reply back. So I, I think it depends on who you are, who you're speaking to, how effectively they communicate, where they still maintain their own heart in the matter, their own story, whether it be stories they've heard of or in their own life. And it takes practice. And I think the biggest skill that we should have is some extemporaneous skills because you're going to have people, you're going to have hecklers in your, in your audience. I've had them. You've had, you all have people ask you all types of crazy questions. How do you handle that? You know, do you have a poker face or are you just going to be like, Oh, forget it. Right. I've had so many scenarios. I've seen of people who have lost their cool in the midst of them being able to to talk. And so again, that goes back to what is your goal? What is it what is it, what is it that you're hoping to achieve? And that confidence comes from your own level of understanding how worthy and deserving you are to tell your story and to share your voice. So you've had hecklers that that, that reminds me of comedians. Like comed- <laughs> I I don't always think of public speaking having te- hecklers, but how did you how did you gracefully handle that situation? So I think one benefit is that I have children. (laughs) So I have learned how to tune people out, okay? (laughs) So I've actually had one, I've only had one instance where someone had to be escorted out of my course. Um, And thankfully, I was so focused in on the people that were replying back to me that I uh, I didn't hear the disruption of them actually having her, her, or them, sorry, I shouldn't be telling nobody's pronouns right now, 
because I don't want them coming after me, um, having them escorted out. I've had people make comments, you know, that are out loud that you can hear, Mm. (laughs) you know, and that's because some people are ego driven. I've had people come to me even after presentations and tell me uh, very hard statements. And if I wasn't totally sure on who I am, I would have allowed that to prevent me from moving forward. So with dealing with hecklers, a lot of times if you acknowledge them, there are times when you acknowledge them, you almost have to feel the energy of the room. You can acknowledge them. You can walk up to them, right? You can question them back. Because a lot of times when the spotlight is on them, they'll they'll back down. Yeah. There are times where you have to move forward and ignore. So it's really about feeling the energy of the room. And there are times when it's best to ignore when you're at critical parts of your storytelling or in your presentation where you don't want to lose the entire audience just because your ego is getting in the way and you've got to address somebody that's being a bully. Yeah, that's what it is. It's just being a bully. Mm-hmm. So there's there might be people listening that are saying, well, I have this great presentation. I've worked so hard and I get up on stage and I speak for free all the time and everyone asks me to be on the summit. How can someone self-assess how good their presentation is right now to figure out how to make it better and if it's good enough to be on you know a big a big stage so i have a twofold answer okay i feel <laughs> that everyone has the right to get on bigger stages if they so desire if that's something that's their calling but you do need to put in the work to make sure that you're not going to show up and look like a fool because here's the thing just like we talk about some things that are happening that are crazy in our in these internet streets, the event organizers will do the same to you, okay? And you don't want your reputation to be affected because of you not taking the time to um, taking the time to practice and understand what it is that you're doing. I forgot a little bit of the question. I have to admit. <laughs> Basically, I, <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, I want someone to be able. It's almost like self-awareness right like how okay, can someone okay, be okay. a little bit more aware okay, yeah. yes again yes so i got it i got some i got some tips you can try i would record okay. yourself record yourself and take a look at yourself really take a look at yourself <laughs> um the other thing i like to do because i come from an educational ba- background sometimes i will add in questions polls live polls and it would be the same question at the beginning and same at the end so these are evaluations, formative and summative. And if they get the answer correct more than they did at the beginning of your presentation, that's a way to assess whether or not you were effective. I often will have questions at the end, polls, even if I do a keynote and just ask them, what is your biggest takeaway? And if they're not all saying the same thing that's related to the goal of my presentation, I know I failed. Mm. There was something that I didn't communicate properly to them to make sure that they understand. So those are a few ways in which you can do. Of course, you can ask a friend, but honestly, do you want somebody that really, really loves you (laughs) to answer that? Or do you really want someone to come in with an objective view and say, hey, you didn't pause enough. You didn't allow the audience to join you along this journey. These are some ways in which you can enhance it. Yeah, I like that. And I think it's interesting too, if somebody to be able to ask the event organizer, 
I really am looking for, you know, one to two ways to improve my presentation, like for, and I'm looking for some constructive criticism and be brutally honest. I mean, let that person know you really are looking to, to get some good feedback. And I find that people are, especially if they know that part of what you want to do and part of one of your dreams is to continue to speak, hopefully they will take some time and just share with you some of the results that they saw having you come and speak. I want to change the the conversation a little bit to writing because I you wrote your first book last year or two is it two years ago? It's last year, yeah. Last year you wrote your first book. Tell me about that experience in writing and what that was like. So I handle my writing the same as I do my speaking. Exactly how I outline my topics is exactly what I did for my first book. Now I'm gonna be honest with y'all. I was vain as Nobody's business, okay? I got my picture right on the front cover of that book. <laughs> <laughs> okay? I did not care. I was like, you're going to get this mocha chocolate skin. Um, so I, it was an interesting experience because I didn't realize how much marketing needed to happen before the book was released. I also, and I self-published everyone. My my next goal is actually to get a traditional publishing deal. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole different ball game. But the amount of marketing that needed to happen before the book was released was new to me. Um, I also didn't really consider the amount of work and help I needed to make it happen. Oh, really? So, Yeah. So as I was kind of juggling my own consulting business, I had the book and I was working with an editor and things of that nature, but there's the whole marketing side that comes with it and the planning that goes with that. And I underestimated how much was needed in order to get sales. And what people don't realize is that when it comes to a book, you're not, unless you're like some massive celebrity, you're not expected to make a ton of money off of it. So you really got to, you have to really understand like, what is the purpose of it? And especially if you're going to self-publish, just like with speaking, you want to make sure it's aligned to whatever your specific goals are. And what I've found is that even though I talked about burnout, I talked about reclaiming your power. I talked about, you know, reaching your goals. Thank God I didn't choose to do a memoir. Nobody cares about my life all the way from the time I was conceived into now, right? So a lot of us get into self-publishing, like, I want to just tell my life story. And we don't really think about, well, what is the goal for the people who are actually reading it? So there were parts of my story that I shared because it was related to burnout. And I wanted people to avoid that and just break through to their next level where they can continue to show up and serve with excellence. But I underestimated the marketing and I underestimated taking the time to really find professionals to assist me. It's such an interesting world to be in, but the amount of effort energy, I don't even remember what it, do you know how many books the average, like the average author sells? It's such a small, it's something really, really, really low. Like the lifetime of a book. I think it's like under 2000 copies. of a book. It might actually be even less than that because there are so many books that are published. And to your point, because it's so easy to self-publish, I mean, literally somebody could write a book tomorrow and get it up the next day. 
I'm not saying that that's the right way to go, but they could. And, you know, if you're not marketing it yourself, then, I mean, even when you go traditional publishing, it's still so much of the author's responsibility to promote it, to get it out, to market it. That's why in the publishing world, they, the, all of the celebrities get big book deals because they know they already have this built-in audience that's going to buy their book, no matter what they call it, no matter what they say uh, it's about. So in your writing process, if somebody is out there and they want to write their first book, I love that you have this framework that you create your presentations around. How can somebody create, like if they, so many people say they want to write a book, right? Like everyone's like, I have a book, I have a book. Cool. Well, what have you done? What can someone do today to kind of sit down and, and craft that, what that story is going to be? Mm-hmm. I would think of number one, what's the goal? And then, so if, so we're going to make up a goal right now. The goal is to be a better basketball player. Okay. So what are the steps to be a better basketball player? Well, one is to get a ball, then a hoop, then take some lessons, right? So break that down. What does those steps look like? So to get a ball, we got to go to a unnamed store because they're not sponsoring this episode. And then once we get that ball, then we need to get yada, yada, yada. So when you are writing out your book, you want to focus on what that goal is and the steps in order to attain that. So as you're going through those particular steps, it's still aligned with the goal of what you want your readers to reach. And I think that will then keep the entire book in alignment and still make it impactful for the readers. Did you write your whole book yourself? Yeah, so I I did. And I also had assistance. So I had someone come in and help me with kind of refining some of the parts that I had in there. And then what's interesting, many, especially self-published, I would say even for traditional published, sometimes we already have written work on the things that we're, we're doing. So I've actually was able to repurpose some of the blogs that I had written in some of the sections of my book and make it, you know, readable for that type of, um, that type of platform of written word. And so that's why I think that I needed more assistance with the editing part, because then I was taking some of the stuff that I had already made and making it fit along the line of what the story I was telling. So shout out to Erin. <laughs> Thanks, Erin. Yes, Erin is actually, I've made sure she got a little byline in there to thank her for the work that she did to help me. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. I love that. Jasmine, what does creativity mean to you? Mm, I think creativity means for me, allowing myself to be truly free and open where I can then express myself in a way that is in alignment with what my purpose is. That's for me. That's my definition. <laughs> and I have to really think about it too, because everything that I do is there's still a part, there's a creative part in that, but I don't think about it ever. What do you mean you don't think about it? I don't think about creativity. It's just the way you approach yeah. life and your projects. Yes. That's why I, that's why I, I love 
the message that everyone is creative. We yeah. might, they might not think they are, but everyone is creative. It's the way that you show up in the world. It's the way you communicate. It's the way that you work. It's the way that you parent. It's all of those things, but you don't think about it. Mm-hmm. But unless you, you know, actually get asked the question and you're like, oh, wait a second, I kind of do this differently. Or you see things a little different than other people. Yeah. What is something that you have learned or relearned over the past two months? how important it is to trust myself. I think that's the biggest lesson for me in my business is we get inundated with so much information. There's so much, and there's multiple ways in which to have a successful business, successful life and things of that nature. The biggest asset that I've gained, and this is through therapy y'all, <laughs> with a capital T, And a coach, which is when I'm making decisions, I tune it into what feels good to me. And I pay, I've, I've gotten quiet enough, which helps with having a sabbatical also taking breaks because I can run myself to the ground. Uh, Having enough white space where I can then tune in and see how does this feel to me? And then automatically I know exactly the next, the right decision. So I think that is a part that's missing for many of us who are in business, who have writing goals, who have speaking goals. Often, even for my own clients, they're in their own way and they haven't yet strengthened those intuitive skills to see and understand and know that this is the right decision because it's aligned with what they truly desire and what makes them who they are. That's beautiful. Thank you. Okay. I always ask my guests before I let them go, what is one activity that the listeners can do in 10 minutes or less to help them live a more creative and fulfilling life? Take a nap. Take a nap. I'll be like, you know what? We're done with you, Jasmine. Um, <laughs> let me tell you why. <laughs> when I've rested, when I've truly rested, I have had the most magnificent things come out of that. Tomorrow, I get to fulfill something I dreamed during my December 2021 sabbatical. The largest contract I've ever sold, the largest experience I've ever sold for a one-on-one client. And I get to do that tomorrow. Why? Because I slept and took some naps <laughs> in December. <laughs> and when I woke up, I was like, oh my gosh, I got it. Like, this is it. And wrote it down on a sheet of paper and boom, look at it. It's right here. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Take naps. <laughs> got to take some naps to, to be more creative in life. <laughs> it's true. Listen, you run down and you're burnt out. Nothing's coming out. No, it's that is definitely true. That is definitely true. Jasmine, you are so awesome. Thank you so Thank much you. for taking the time to chat with me today. What is the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, they can find me at jasminehaley.com. I have a profitable speaker roadmap they can check out if they're interested in looking at 
the right questions to ask themselves if they want to build out speaking within their own business or have it exclusively. So that's the best place to find me. I'm on IG and LinkedIn as Jasmine Haley. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to chatting with you soon and congratulations on your big contract. That's amazing. Thank you. Have so much fun. Okay. And there you have it. I told you Jasmine was super strategic. I hope that you got something out of this episode and can take something away from the conversation I had with Jasmine. You know, she shared a lot of really great tips for anyone to either start or grow their speaking career. And I really appreciate that she just shared that framework. And hopefully if you're a speaker or you want to be a speaker, You're going to take some time to do what she says as far as record yourself, start looking at yourself, start evaluating how are you as a speaker? Are you engaging? How can your presentation be more around the audience and less about you? Because I think, like she said, that's one of the biggest mistakes that speakers make is it's What's in it for what's in it for me? Everyone is on that radio station, W-I-I-F-M. What's in it for me? <laughs> well, that's exactly what your audience is thinking. And that's what we need to be thinking as a speaker is what's in it for them? What's in it for the audience? And how can you craft a story that is so compelling, so engaging, so exciting that people are just sitting on their seats, just the edge of their seats, can't wait to hear you and and get all of the information that you want to share. So if you are a speaker, I hope this episode inspired you. And I would love to hear what you got out of it. What is the one takeaway that you really appreciated out of this episode? Of course, you can connect with me and let me know over on Instagram or LinkedIn. Would so appreciate hearing from you. And hey, listen, you're the best. Thank you so much for listening to the show. I appreciate you. And hey, until next time go create something.